Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Arts House. And you're very welcome back to the programme. Now, have you got underway with your New Year's resolutions so far this year? Are you Marie Condoing your entire house? Are you rolling all your socks and folding all your jumpers into three little easy pouches? Or are you still looking around at all the clutter and thinking, I could make money out of this? Well, it was a fantastic opportunity for me to catch up with Cork journalist and author Brian O'Connell to chat about his latest book, which is called The Personals, which he put together by actually going through lots of lots of classified ads. So I met him in Blarney and we couldn't find a quiet place because everywhere was so busy with afternoon tea and we sat into the car. The last thing that I bought online was actually through adverts.ie and it was my piano. I remember seeing a photograph of this piano and I was fascinated. I couldn't believe someone was selling it. So contacted the seller. We agreed to the sale, agreed the price and I paid the money and I drove to Fermoy to collect the piano and the heartache. It turned out that it was being sold by a guy called Aidan who was heading off traveling the world and he was selling the piano to fund his travels Brilliant. and his parents' house was where the piano was and of course they were gutted that the piano was going so I arrived in oh, all excited no. to find Mammy and Daddy understandably really sad yeah. that this thing was going out of the house and then they said to me will you play it for us before oh, you take no. it oh so I, I don't even know what I played at the time oh my god and so I would love to know what happened to Aiden? Yeah. How did the travels around the world go? Probably came and home after two weeks. So, well, I'd say not. Listen, I paid him enough to uh, <laughs> to travel a bit further than a fortnight. But this is it. This is the most fascinating premise for a book because you have unearthed so many stories of heartbreak, love, loss, joy, you know, every emotion under the sun trawling through. The personals. Where did it start for you? It all started about 20 years ago when I was working in a local newspaper and I was stuck for an idea and one of the editors said, why don't you have a look in small ads? And that was a time when most local newspapers would have had about 10 to 15 pages of small ads at the back. So bales of hay for sale, obviously clothing for sale, uh, people looking to find love. And in the pages, I came across an ad where somebody who had immigrated to Australia was looking to reconnect with family in West Clare. And that was it. And I got a story from it. And I've always been drawn to human interest stories. I've been drawn to people's life stories. And I suppose as a journalist, you're looking for gateways and you're looking for a way in and a kind of a way in where you don't feel it's been manipulated or you don't mm. feel there are gatekeepers that they are 
PR companies, some of whom do, do fantastic work. I'm not taking from them. But you want to get at people authentically where the only reason they're really talking to you is because you've contacted them. They're not trying to sell something. There's no agenda. And I suppose I found over time that the classified pages, the free ads, the small ads, the personals, whatever you want to call them, provided a really interesting and unique doorway into people's lives. And all I had to do was push the door open and walk in. The introduction to the book is is gorgeous. But you also reference that Ernest Hemingway story, which is the very famous shortest story encompassing, isn't it? The story goes back to the 1920s, where in the Algonquin Hotel, which is a famous hotel in New York, a kind of a literary hotel. And apparently Hemingway and a couple of his literary buddies were hanging around and they were having a game. And the game was, could they come up with a novel using just six words? And Hemingway is said to have won hands down with the title For Sale Baby Shoes Never Worn. And, you know, obviously those six words are loaded with, you know, life and loss and love and everything. And he said, apparently, legend has it, it was the best thing he ever wrote. Now, in my research, I found it probably never happened with Hemingway because I found the stories from maybe 20 years earlier uh, in a newspaper in the US where that story was reported. But I suppose it just shows you the potential that existed for small ads or classifieds. Um, I suppose when people are putting an ad in the paper, though, whether it's something that's frivolous that they just want to realise some money from or something that really and truly is an emotional departure for them, you're paying per word. So the choice of words for ads is as important almost when you're uncovering a story. Yeah, and words are really interesting. And I suppose over time I've come to see certain words would hint at a story behind it. Obviously, barely used as new when it comes to anything like wedding dresses. Um, I got a really interesting story on a power chair, you know, motorised power chair, and it was uh, as new, I think, were the words that were used. And when I followed that up, it became a really interesting story about grief because obviously the man who it had been bought for didn't get to use it very long before he died, and it became a really interesting discussion on grief. So I suppose over time you begin to realise that You just get an intuition there are certain stories or certain ads where you know that there's going to be a story. Um, House contents for sale was a big one during the downturn. I saw a lot of those ads where people were very quickly having to sell the contents of their house and immigrating. And then um, I would have followed up a lot of those stories. You would find then um, people looking for particular items will put in an ad looking for, say, GA programmes from a particular era. And you know these people are obsessive collectors and very particular in what they're looking for. But they'll cast the net wider, hoping that, you know, you'll have something in the attic that you've inherited or a granduncle dies who went to all the GA matches and kept the programmes. And maybe you think, yeah, there's a box of them there, take them away. And they're only looking for one programme, maybe from 1931, that they don't have. Something really specific. Yeah, Yeah, really specific. So you can see there's a whole Pandora's box of life uh, within the classified pages if you know where to look. And obviously the classifieds have moved online and I would have gone to sites like Dundee, uh, Advert Study, Gumtree, obviously Craigslist when it existed. Mm. But still you have the Echo here in Cork. Every Tuesday has a free ad section that's as healthy as ever. It's over 10, 10 to 15 pages every week. I did a I did a report at Christmas. I got some two stories from the Echo. Do you find that there is a different type of person puts an ad still in print as opposed to going online now? Is it just <clears throat> simply generational or is it also attitudinal? Well, in the Echo, it's free. Yeah. So you might as well throw in the ad for a few weeks and see what happens. 
And sometimes it's a good way of getting rid of stuff in the house, you know, if you have the shed full. <laughs> tell Connor, tell him. I'll yeah. be there Marie condoing the house for the rest of the month. <laughs> so the shed is full and you just stick the shed in free ads, basically. Um, there are some people, I suppose, some of the more interesting, quirkier stories in the book were people I came across who were looking for particular items. And in their case, it was it was a little bit sad to see the ad because, say, for example, there was one person in the book who was looking for help uh, formulate a difficult letter. So obviously it t- tells you certain things. It tells I you. I remember that story. Yeah, and I it, haven't read all of them, but that really. It was a difficult story, was, wasn't yes, it? Yeah. But it tells you certain things. It tells you they don't have somebody in their life, sadly, that they can turn to to say, could you give me a hand write this letter? And in that case, it was to do with a pension. The person had worked in Europe and they had had issues with their pension and they wanted help with it. This is so they said. And there was one other story in the book where somebody was looking for a DVD copy of the film The Remains of the Day. And again, obviously the fact that they've put an ad in the paper means they probably are not online. They don't have access to a computer. They don't have some. They don't have a credit card. Probably they can't buy it online. They don't have somebody around them where they can ring up and say, would you mind getting this DVD for me? So those two cases were people who lived quite lonely, maybe detached, isolated lives. And it's really interesting for me to talk to them because I was suddenly let into their world where not many people would have got into either of their worlds, particularly the Remains of the Day DVD person who lived quite a... It was almost like walking into an Indo Walsh play. That's how I kind of describe it. And it was just fascinating to be in that world and to hear about their obsessions and their quirks and the fact that maybe they're a little bit removed from society. And again... That's the joy, you know. It's like you, you just answer an ad, you follow your nose and suddenly you're in someone's world. But like that would give a false impression to say that the book is full of grief and heartbreak and parting and loss with people getting, you know, you met some fantastic people. There, there's good fun in yeah. it as well. You know, everything from the monkey for sale <laughs> in the Echo two Christmases ago, with or without cage. And I followed the story of the monkey and I met the monkey to all sorts of quirky ads yeah. to we- some great wedding dress and uh, wedding rings stories. Um, you have the guy down in Borbui selling a 19th century horse-drawn hearse uh, who turned out to be a fascinating character called Mike Fleming who's got this amazing collection of, well, he's got about 10 different collections from watches to concertinas to old tractors. He's got a collection of wrought iron 1940s tools. It's just a fascinating character. So you have all these sometimes funny characters who let me into their world and let you into their houses their yeah. kitchens and like we are doing the car well, see, we're, we're sitting yes. in the car now yeah. chatting and the yeah. car to me is just a perfect mobile studio isn't it <laughs> you just sit in the car so I've had all sorts of meetings in the car with people chatting so like the sometimes first, yeah. because it was convenient and other times yeah. because you would have met people who were uncomfortable with you becoming any more personally close in their house <laughs> or whatever they didn't want yeah, boundaries crossed yeah. well there's a lot of scammers online yeah. So sometimes when people would, I would contact them. Sometimes people would get quite angry. How would you dress when you turned up for these? Did you just as yourself? Did as you I am. Feel, what am I wearing now? Know, a kind yeah. of a shirt and a pair of jeans. I, I'd often, if I contact them, I might send them a link to my Twitter page or send them mm-hmm. a link so so that they can verify you in such a way. A couple of times people would have rang RT just to verify who I was. Mm-hmm. Once I think somebody parked quite a distance away and was watching me for a while, yeah. almost surveilling me before hopping in the car. Did you know? Um, I got a sense of it because the because of where they suggested we meet it was really well lit and then where we went to ultimately was a good distance away so I couldn't quite figure out and, and they were selling eavesdropping equipment 
<laughs> I didn't read that one yet. Yeah. Oh, that's a good. One. That's a good. One. I won't. Go, I'm going to leave that story because it's almost worth buying the book. I know I'm trying to sell the book, but it is worth buying the book just for that story because it's someone who was selling eavesdropping equipment. So it's like um, a smoke detector with a hidden camera, and they're selling uh, the little button, the cam- camera on your shirt, and a spy pin. So it's a little pin with a little spy camera, and I. They got the idea, of, of course, from watching James Bond one night. Right. And um, they bought all this gear, needed it at a particular time in their lives. And I go, I go into the story a little bit. In the Don't book. spoil it, though. Yeah, I won't spoil it. Like, when you were trawling through all of these ads, be it the free ads in the Echo or online or whatever, are you disciplined with your own credit card and your own wallet? Did you ever turn up and say, well, there's not a story there, but I'm buying that? Uh, it's funny you ask me that because... Um, I've been reading a lot of Charles Dickens over the last couple of months okay. and I just got into reading a lot of Charles Dickens and I reread Claire Tomlin's amazing autobiography of Dickens. And I suppose as somebody who's interested in social issues, you know, Dickens was just this amazing chronicler of 19th century social issues. and He had amazing humanity. He was an amazing writer, prolific and man full of contradictions as well. So I was reading a lot about Dickens and, and he had some very close male friends. One was John Foster, but another guy was a guy called Daniel MacLeese, who was a Cork artist. Yes, yeah. Fascinating character himself who went to London at a very young age, who met Walter Scott in a shop in Cork, drew his picture, became kind of quite well known. Off he went to London, became friends with like some of the great literary, became friends with Disraeli, drew those massive historical yeah. paintings in the House of Commons or the House of Lords, I can't remember which one. And then withdrew from society. So I started reading a lot about Daniel MacLeese over the Christmas, right? And then I went online and I was curious and I was thinking, I wonder how much a Daniel MacLeese sketch is, just out of curiosity, not that I have a whole pile of money. And then I kind of led me to down this rabbit hole of wondering how much Charles Dickens' letters are worth at the moment. You get them for three or four grand, maybe. And then I saw a Daniel MacLeese letter for sale. Now this is a letter to some obscure English lord where he's saying... Listen, I'll be up there Saturday, miss the train on Friday, hope you're well, yada, yada, yada. Uh, yours, Daniel MacLeese. So this kind of famous enough 19th century Cork artist who lived in London all his life. So I said, yeah, I'll bid on the letter. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was over Christmas, I was bidding. Now, it wasn't a lot of money. Yeah. So like, we're talking 50 sterling, mm. I think I paid for the letter. I won the letter in the bid in the end. And they posted it to me and I have it in the office. It's like a tiny little two-page now. letter. And it's like, and it's lovely. It's like faithfully yours. It's just beautiful writing. And his address is like Russell Square in London. And he's writing to some English lord. And there's a little bit of character. So, yeah. So, sometimes I have moments of indiscipline like that where I buy something which probably doesn't mean anything to anyone. It'll, I'll stick it up in the office at home. Oh, no. The Daniel MacLeese Society in Cork would love They'd to know stuff that. like that was back in Cork. Yeah. But it's like someone... They're probably killing themselves. They didn't... <laughs> bit of a, yeah. But like someone said to me after said... So like, sorry, they were trying to figure out, I said, you paid like 65 euro for the equivalent of a 19th century text message. Like, you know, what's that all about? But I think online does allow you to, like, if you have obsessions or passions or things, you, you want to go down a rabbit hole, it, it'll take Hoover your money, no problem. You've mentioned rabbit hole a couple of times and the book really is a warren of stories. And I, I love the fact that it is one of those books that I have encountered where you can dip in pick a story, let it sit, 
walk away or you could sit down and read the whole thing cover to cover, you know, if, if you wanted to. I'm kind of a dipper inner outer of this <laughs> book so far, so I haven't come across all of the stories yet. But I can recommend it enough. It's really just a gorgeous, gorgeous book to have in your own house. Forget buying presents for Christmas now. That's all done and dusted. January is all about building up your own collection. Funny enough, somebody sent me a link the other day to the book on Dundee. <laughs> somebody has put it up on Dundee. They sent me a link on Twitter and they said, you won't believe this. And I was like, for sale, you know, barely used. It was like, it was like 10 years. So the book is 15 euro, I think. I think they were selling oh. it for a tenner or something. Oh, so keep an eye on Dundee. You might get a second hand. <laughs> Brian, thanks a million. Thanks so much. Isn't that just absolutely gas? Uh, the book on Dundee already. Well, you know what? I have to say it's a fantastic book. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it. Like I said, it is a book I'm dipping in and out of. It's got a gorgeous pink hard cover and it's called The Personals by Brian O'Connell. He actually gave me a copy of the book to give away. I'll give it away to maybe a listener on the programme next Sunday instead because we have a gorgeous competition today where we're giving away tickets to... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.